and welcome to another episode of How Are You Holding Up, a mental health podcast by the depressed for the depressed. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Chris. And we have a new guest today. Cass, is that me? Yeah, that's you. Okay, great. We're so excited I'm to Cass. have Cass. Uh, would you like to introduce yourself, Cass? Yeah, I'm a uh, writer, city cyclist, and um, a person just existing on this planet. <laughs> Yay! Unlike Chris and I. <laughs> um, we are aliens from a far off world. <laughs> no, Chris and I are not, uh, we're just, we always put this disclaimer out. Um, well, not always, but we should. We're not professional health uh, healthcare professionals in any way uh, trained for this. We're just having a discussion. But Cass... Um, yeah, so I am, uh, well, first of all, my, I, I it's weird because we're talking about the trans non-binary stuff, so. Anything you want. Okay, great. So, in Chicago, after I came out as non-binary and transitioned, I, um, was a part of a trans mentorship. So, I have a little bit of experience, uh, not really educational, professional, but, um, experience talking about and mentoring trans individuals. Yeah, which is a skill set that we mm-hmm. do not have. So wonderful. Great. Um, and how how are you holding up? I'm holding up really great. I've had a wonderful day. <laughs> I'm a little anxious because um, yeah. this is a podcast and my voice is being recorded. Mm-hmm. But I went on a hike and I'm next to two wonderful people, so I'm excited. Thank Yay. you. How are you holding up, Chris? Um. A little bit of a rough day today, admittedly. Uh, I I I rode I rode rollerblades for the first time in probably seventeen years, uh, and it'll be the last time for probably another seventeen years. Uh, but I I also was in a in a kind of public place, and I'm getting used to the new medication, and so I was a little more on edge than I'm used to. The uh, the fun part, uh, which I think we're gonna have to have an episode on this. Uh, yeah at some point is uh Jaboys have an Adderall. <laughs> so we talked a little bit about this last yes, episode. Yeah. But but Jaboys have an Adderall because <laughs> Jaboys probably got ADHD. Oh yeah. So as a result, I mean the probably should have probably been answered at this point, but yes, uh ADHD as a cause of depression. Stay tuned for that episode, guys. But that's not today. You're L- depressed? Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what are we doing here? <laughs> My entire life has been a ruse. You've all been fooled. Congratulations. <laughs> Lindsay, how yes. are you holding up? I am so grateful that I am not talking about myself today. I told these two lovely people that earlier because at some point we might address it, but I am going through a rough patch. Yeah. But I am healthy and I have a lot of good things happening for me. So let's stick to that. Yeah. Yes. Can I touch you? Yes. We're here for you. Thank you, guys. Yay. I appreciate that. So. We get to talk about me today. We get to talk about Cass today. Oh my goodness. So, Cass, I am so excited because we can't, well, we talked about this earlier, but we just can't uh, know what it's like from your point of view. Mm-hmm. So I want to hear about wherever you want to start your story. Hmm. You don't need the whole story, but whatever, whatever you, you want to share. About, yeah. yeah. Well, I brought props. Yes. Ooh. Which is exciting. This is our first it's time. Visual <laughs> props that we're visual... not going to be able to show people, we'll but that's okay. It. We can talk about it. We can yes. describe it. So um, whenever I think about my transition, I think about the testosterone that I take and I inject it into my butt. 
So Woo! what I have just presented on the table is this uh, little vial of testosterone that I like showing to people. I've never seen this. Mm-hmm. So this is it. Bottles. Oh, it's such a baby bottle. You can look at it. It's so tiny. It's very tiny. It's clear liquid. I think of it as uh, man juice sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that. Get your injection of man juice. And then I also like presenting the needle because people don't realize how big. That's a huge needle. It's huge. This is horrible. <laughs> Wait, you do this to yourself? I have to do it every week. To yourself? Yeah. Hi, okay. The first time you did that, how did you get the courage up to like put plunge that into your body? <laughs> or did you like Pulp Fiction this just like going like, in my butt right this now? This is almost as this needle is almost as long as my finger, right? And yeah. thicker than the ones that go into your arm. I want to say. Yeah. So a lot of people think that like uh, needles for testosterone is kind of like insulin needles, which yeah. are very small, mm-hmm. and you just like put in, and it's easy. And so you can do like intramuscular or. Uh, I don't know the technical ner- uh, terms, but you can do in the muscle. Mm-hmm. And so when you go in the muscle, you have to have a really big ass needle. Makes Jesus. sense. So that's what I do. So did you get to, you could choose between? <laughs> There's a few different ways that you can take testosterone and uh, hormones. Mm-hmm. There's like, um, you, can, there, you can have a patch on your, um, just outside like a nicotine patch. Mm-hmm. And you can get uh, testosterone. But if you have that and if you have a partner and you rub up against them, that they get <laughs> testosterone too. They get. They also get testosterone, and then you don't have to inject into your muscle. But um, a lot of people that I know do it into their leg or into their butt, mm-hmm. um, and it just works better for them. Okay. And so hopefully there'll be more ways to do injections say, soon. Is there no reason to do intravenous, like into the veins, or is that just too? Scary or something. Because that seems like a doctor skill. um, I don't know much about the science of it. What I do know is that um, the reason you put it into your into the muscle is because this has to the the vial has the the testosterone has to go through your system slowly. Mm. So it needs to be absorbed into your body at a specific rate over the course of a week or two weeks or a month or whatever program you're on. Wow. That makes sense. In the, in the veins, it would be filtered out way too quickly. Way too quickly. Mm-hmm. So they want to put it into the muscle and a part of your body that's going to be filtered at a specific rate. Perfect. Isn't that weird? It's I mean, really that's cool as hell. Oh, uh, yeah. Isn't that weird and cool? Yeah. <laughs> Diet. <laughs> so I like to bring that prop. You said the first time I injected myself? Yeah. The... Um, I had been waiting to be, I think that a lot of people, you just, you're, you have to go through so many steps. Mm-hmm. You have to do so many steps and go to so many, I went to a primary doctor, then a specialist doctor, and then I had to get blood work and you have to wait for the blood work. And then you go into, at least for me, I went into the doctor's office and they showed me how to do it exactly. Mm. And they like they literally went through the steps and they had the testosterone ready to be injected and they they put it down on the table and they're like okay and we're going to give you a prescription and you get to go home and do it yourself oh man so from the first doctor visit to that moment how long that was like three months it took me three months to be in the room with testosterone wow 
And then um, then to have the doctor being like, and now we're going to send you home. You, you we're, we're not going to be here when you first inject yourself. Right. You have to go home and do, do it. it yourself. This is, of course, by the way, for our listeners, this is also from an American healthcare standard. Oh, yes. yes. So that is something to be aware of. When we talk about the timelines of this, there's there's going to be some variations to our international listeners. And also probably by state. I don't, I imagine oh, it's different yeah. just per county. I don't know. Yeah. It was, um, and I was in Chicago when I was doing this. And so whenever I talk about this, um, I wasn't going through an LGBT center. I was doing this strictly through, I went to a primary doctor, then got my endocrinologist, specialized doctor. I had a therapist and I had a special uh, gender therapist. And then I was referred to top surgeon. So like, it was all just very step by step by step. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, the first, the night I held the vial. Oh, man. And I got it out and I nearly had a panic attack as I was doing it because I was I like, can't imagine. am I going to kill myself? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, is this going to hurt me? Like, how much is it going to hurt? And my partner, like, helped me and she, like, held my hand and we, we breathed through it. And then I did the injection and, and I described it as, like, this um, uh, pain, uh, like, uh, it was painful for the syringe. And then it was, like, a fuzzy, warm sensation. And then it was, um, I was just elated. Yeah. I was so happy that I was it was starting. And then the stuff that you don't talk about is you take the needle out and it starts to bleed. Mm-hmm. And then you get so scared that all that testosterone has just bled, bled out, out of, of you. Here. That yeah. is probably a common <laughs> fear, I would imagine. Yeah. yeah. That but uh, so yes, that that that's the whole thing. So I do this every week now. I mm-hmm. used to be on it every two weeks, but now I have to inject myself every week, which is um, difficult, but fun. Yeah. And do you identify as? I identify as uh, trans, non-binary, and my sexuality is queer as hell. And um, I would say I'm very gender fluid, but I don't wake up and I decide. I don't wake up and I feel like a man or a woman. I'm just like always non-binary in between yes and no. And I love that you sign your emails with uh, they, them. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those are my pronouns. And um, to the people who know me, then they know my pronouns. And I expect them to use my pronouns. And if they mess up, then I don't care. And I don't want to make a big deal out of it. Oh, that's nice. I hope that they... People make mistakes. Yeah, of course. People are human. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's been a big thing of mine is that if they know my pronouns and they make a mistake, that's totally okay. Let's just move on. And please try better in the future. And and it's going to be okay. And if you don't know my pronouns and then you address me as he, him, that I don't care. But damn, if you address me as a lady, what the fuck? <laughs> Have you, like, get, uh, look at me. <laughs> so what kind of, um, like, your process, did you have your, so you told us that you had your partner um, with you for the whole process. Mm-hmm. Did she see your, did she, you guys talk about, like, your mental well-being through this a lot? And yeah, uh, I'll, let me give you like a basis of what happened. Yes, please. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. So 2016 elections happened. We all know that was great. <laughs> <laughs> so some really interesting things happened in my life. Um, in college, I had heard of um, trans people, uh, but I only knew the narrative. Right. That you... Um, you're born as a female, but you're born in the wrong body. That that was the narrative that you're That's given. That's a pretty common story. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. That that in in 
um, television or whatever you're given, that's kind of like what you're told. And I was like, well, that's not me. I'm, I'm just like a tomboy. Yeah. Whatever. And so 2016, I had been a delivery driver at Jimmy John's and I had been in very androgynous clothing and I'd been flying down the streets of Chicago, almost getting into accents all the time. People were referring me to as they, them, and I didn't even realize that that's what I wanted. Um, and I had met trans non-binary people, but they weren't really my cup of tea. Like they, they were kind of very, they were quite frankly, very mean to me and they were very mean about their pronouns. And I thought that that's. I associated that meanness with yeah. with being non-binary, transgender, or, or yes, and you know, to both. And so I was coming off of being a delivery driver, and now I, I then I was put into this corporate atmosphere where I was dressing as a woman. And um, the 2016 elections happened, and my partner broke up with me, uh, but we had to live in the same place. <laughs> Oof, a doof. Yeah. And so you put all those together. And it's a, it's a shit ton. It is, it is so much. And so I had this, I kept having these mental breakdowns. I kept being like, what is wrong with me? Why, what is happening? Why, why can't, why aren't I, why aren't I happy? Why can't I just exist at work? Why do I feel uncomfortable in every state that I am in? Mm. And I realized that, um, that I was non-binary and the first kind of thing was like, oh, Okay. I'm, I don't, I'm not a man and I'm not a woman. Great. I'm just going to, people can just use they, them, and I'm going to be happy with that. And I tried that out for a little bit and I still was so unhappy because everyone kept just using she, her pronouns on me. Mm-hmm. And, um, then I was in the car and I, uh, started having a panic attack and I just started crying and I pulled over and with my ex was in the car that, but we were still almost together, but we weren't. Mm-hmm. And I said to her and I said, I think that I'm, I'm transgender. I think that that's what I am. And I think that, I think that transgender is the word itself held such negativity to me. Yes. And I was like, I, what I, but this, I need to transition. And there was, it was a panic moment and I I just knew I knew that I couldn't just say my pronouns were they them or I couldn't just say hey I'm not a woman or hey I'm a tomboy or I had to transition or else I would never be who I am and so that happened on a road trip oh that's sweet (laughs) (laughs) um and so then uh my process was that I'm a producer or um that's what I like do that's what I love to do. I love to produce things, and so I started to produce my transition. I did so much research. I researched what I could do, what hormones would do to me. What um, I had some friends that were transgender. I reached out to them. I asked them a billion questions um, that were appropriate, mm-hmm. and um, I did all the internet research while trying to um, avoid the turfs. Do you know what TERFs are? No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're the uh, feminists that are trans-exclusive or exclusatory. Yeah. Explain, yeah. So explain what that would look like. So they Example. they create websites that are like feminist websites, but they exclude trans women. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. So sometimes when you Google like uh, trans, if I'm uh, FTM, 
uh, female to male mm-hmm. or male uh, M to F or transgender non-binary, the TERFs websites will come up first and they will give you propaganda against transgender people. Mm-hmm. That's rough. Isn't that crazy? It's horrible. Yeah. There was a whole stink about J.K. Rowling. Yes. Because she is a turf. She is a turf. Really? Yeah. Yeah, It's really upsetting. It's incredibly upsetting, yeah. Um, But I have another prop. Yes. Great. I am taking out a journal. Mm Mm-hmm. And... The pages look so soft. They are very soft. And the handwriting is so neat. And that's a strange thing to say, but you can tell someone's, like, turned it and Mm -hmm. looked at it. So... Um, when I started to, when I knew I needed to transition and I did all this research, I figured out, I wrote down what I wanted to change about my body. And I, I literally in my journal, I said, what do I need to change to be content? So I need to lessen to no breasts or, you know, uh, I can't have a period. I need less curves. A deeper voice would be nice. Some hair. And so I wrote down exactly what I wanted my body to look like. And then I just researched and I, how to do that. And then I was like, do I need to change my name? Will people ever see me differently? And I go, I do need to change my name. And then I wrote down different names, as you guys can see, that I was thinking about doing. And then I was like, well, I can't have breasts. So then what are the different surgeries? And then I wrote down all the surgeries, and then I drew it because I wanted to see what my scars would look like. Mm -hmm. And I just did countless, countless research and, you know, of, uh, in the, I just flipped a page and you can see, you know, how do I want people to identify? Am I going to be straight? Am I going to be gay, lesbian, non-binary? How am I developing this? Mm -hmm. Because, um, for those of you who maybe aren't as like familiar with the process, if you look like a man. If you get to a point where you look like a man and you're in a relationship, it's then you have to decide. Well, am I in um, a straight relationship because now I'm a man? Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's a very and so and I was coming off of like a really unhealthy relationship where we were both just so toxic with each other, and I was like, how do I become me and become a less toxic partner? Yeah. Um, and so within one year, I'm very proud of this. Within one year, I transitioned um i'm going to forever be transitioning but in one year i went to my primary doctor told him that i was non-binary and wanted to transition they gave me a referral to my endocrinologist my endocrinologist did blood work and i discussed with them and they had never heard of non-binary before what's endocrinologist as a hormone specialist Mm -hmm. they'd never heard of it they had yeah my my primary doctor said oh i'm gonna refer you to this person they know they've worked with trans people before. And I was like, great. That's great. Exactly what you want. Yeah. And I went up to them. I go, I'm transgender non-binary. And they go, what's non-binary? <gasps> I, we don't think we've ever worked with any trans people before. And I was like, <gasps> great. Thanks, doctor. Thank you so much. Cool. Thank you. <laughs> American healthcare system at work. <laughs> it was beautiful. So wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then did the blood work, waited three weeks. Uh, got the vial of testosterone finally, and I started injecting myself. And um, uh, right at the two-month mark, my voice cracked. Oh, cool. And I and I finally started seeing results. And then right at that moment, it was um, I was talking to my partner, and I, we were, like, thinking about t- top surgery. I was like, I don't know when I want it. And I was nervous because I, I didn't know the steps exactly of how I was going to get it. 
And she just looked at me and she was just like, you know, we, you can do this. You can, you can do this. You can produce this. I had my whole family supporting me. This was a new partner. Yes. New partner. Yeah. Just wanted to clear that. Non-toxic partner. (laughs) Non-toxic partner who I'm now going to marry. Yay! And, uh, she, uh, I was like, okay, well I'll start the process. So then I already had a therapist. So then I had to get a referral to a gender therapist you have to see a gender therapist and they have to evaluate you mm-hmm. to make sure that you are as of a good enough mind that you're not insane to want to alter your body gender-wise. That this isn't also a spur-of-the-moment decision. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they have to... Uh, so I got had to get psychologically evaluated and I had to pay for a gender therapist for like three months. I have a question for you. Yes. Um... Did you have depression and anxiety uh, before all of this even started? Yes. Okay. I had anxiety when I was a little kid. Yeah. And was it diagnosed? No, but my mom was a therapist. Mm. Oh. Okay. <laughs> so uh, I was wondering, like, is that something that you would want to talk with your gender therapist about? Or is it something that you were trying to avoid in case? Um, I was really... Uh, in my therapy, uh, we were just working on my anxiety. Yeah. And then in my gender therapy, we, I came in and said, I'm getting top surgery. I need you to write me the letter so that my insurance will pay for it. Yeah. And he said, okay, I've huh? done this before. Okay. That's exactly what we're going to do. So he wasn't really evaluating my gotcha. anxiety or okay. depression. My other therapist was taking care of that. And then my gender therapist was just making sure I was stable enough and had the resources that I needed to move forward. Okay. Um, so then did that, got the letter of recommendation, said, hey, you're sane enough, you can get top surgery. And then I started interviewing top surgeons. And um, I, because you can just go to top surgeons anywhere in the country mm-hmm. and get them to chop off your boobs. <laughs> Cute. <laughs> so I, I interviewed them and I found my top surgeon, Dr. King in uh, Wisconsin and um, it was about a three hour drive and he cared about me. Mm. That's so good. Yeah. He cared about me. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I need to, no, you guys don't understand this. You, like okay, what was the first visit like? <laughs> the first visit was he he. I walked into the room. He said hello, and we go. We have a lot of questions. He goes, great. I'm gonna be here for them. And he was like, I need to see your chest, and I know it's going to be uncomfortable. And I said, okay, let's do it. And I showed him the chest. He looked at it for two seconds. This man goes, he like moves it back and forth. He moves the breast back and forth with his hands, and he goes. Okay, put it down. He goes, he, he shut down, yeah. down. And then he drew a diagram of what my chest was going to look like. Wow. And then we hounded him for questions for an hour. And he answered every single goddamn question. The second surgeon that I saw, he sat me down in a room. He made me take off my shirt. They touched my chest for like five minutes. Mm-hmm. Wow. That seems excessive. So, for some reference for the audience, like, you didn't even want your partner no. looking or touching at your chest. No, yeah. I was wearing a binder as much as I could. Yeah. What is that body dysmorphia like? 
Dysphoria. Dysphoria. Thank you. No, you're good. I body is dysmorphia and dis is different than dysphoria. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I uh, I can only talk about the dysphoria that I experienced. Okay. Um, do you? Yes. Yes. Okay. But that's okay if you're Great. open to it. Mm-hmm. Great. Are we doing good? This is good yeah, so this far. This is great. This Super has been a fantastic... Great. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. No, this is great. I, I think it's just really... for There's so many people who want to understand more about this. And those of you who are experiencing this right now, yes. who are feeling... And you don't have the right verbiage for it, that's why I wanted you to go into it for a little bit. Yeah. We so, definitely have some non-binary listeners yeah. at the very least. I know okay, that for a yeah. fact. And that's why... So, like... And taking them through the steps helps them at least. So, yes. understand. Okay. Yes, yes. Uh, so... Okay, uh, gender dysphoria, just, um, so this is beautiful, because you all are anxious and depressed, right? So, Mm -hmm. you take anxiety, and then you take a panic attack, and you, like, okay, hey, that's terrible. Yeah. Now, take that panic attack, and put it right in one part of your body, and let it sit there, and then let it burn. Mm -hmm. And... So much that you fantasize about taking a pair of scissors and chopping, sawing off your breasts. That is dysphoria. So now you guys understand why it was uncomfortable for the surgeon to touch for so long. Yeah. Like, my partner would never look or feel or that, anything. You know, when I put on my binder, I would actually, and even describing it now, I have, I have goosebumps and sometimes I have to go like this to remind, I'm like pressing down on my chest to remind myself that they're gone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And a binder, if you don't know what a binder is, no, go for it. Go for it. You're the one that experienced the binder. (laughs) um, I, I, the first time I saw a binder was actually from a movie, but it's where you wrap, I believe it's a material that you wrap around Mm -hmm. uh, your breast to make the appearance that they're not there, that you have a flat chest. Yes. Yes. I've actually been, uh, I've had friends who've asked me because they lived at home uh, that they ordered, they ordered binders and had them delivered to my house just because that's one of the things that is going to happen a lot, too, and it sucks because there's such a stigma about it. Yeah, yeah. and when I started binding, they um, the only binders I could find were um, from Asian um, territories because mm-hmm. uh, uh, the there was no, no one in the United States who was manufacturing binders. No, and also there was a lot of dangerous alternatives like saran wrap or ace bandages, things like that, where yes. it's just that those are potentially life-threatening if you do them wrong. Right. A binder that you buy from somebody, so um, it's GC, can you actually, I yeah. just want to make sure that I'm going to say it right. Mm-hmm. It's like GCB binder. Uh, yeah, GC2B. GC2. GC2B International? Uh, yeah, so, um, okay. So there's a store now in the United States called GC2B that um, makes and sells binders for all body types and skin colors and beautiful and everything. Uh, but even if, and they're, they make these binders so that you can wear them as long as you can and you can be as safe as you can. But even then, you cannot wear, even with their binders, you cannot wear them for more than eight hours before you start to permanently damage your body. You're, you are literally compressing your lungs, breaking. Some people have broken ribs. I've talked to trans people who did the ACE bandages mm-hmm. when they were a child, and it's just, yeah, you'll 
it's we'll put the link for that site yes, um, yes. in the description <laughs> in case anybody wants to uh, go ahead and take a look they are so uh, GC2B is so great and at the later half when I was binding I was using their binders and huge difference. difference yes so back to your story you were talking about you were with a surgeon who was not taking into account yeah. what you were processed mm-hmm. was, yeah yeah so he he uh, touched me he made me and to him he he didn't realize what he was doing yeah then he put me in in front of a mirror and on my body pointed and touched and showed me where my scars would be and to a, a person who's getting you know a surgery done that's probably fine but to a trans person who can't even fathom that part of the body to then be put in front of a mirror and then to, to be acknowledge. acknowledged and then to be touched that way, it was, I, we left and we go, nope. Yep. <laughs> no. Nope. No. <laughs> that gave me goosebumps. Is yeah. that, it I, uh, yeah. I told that to, you, you talk, you tell that to any trans person, they go, fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, no, 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 no. Uh, you, no. <laughs> and that's something I wouldn't have known. Yeah. So, um, decided with the Dr. King. Mm-hmm. So great. We set, um, so I had the certificate of in, for my insurance. I sent it off to my insurance and in 24 hours I got declined. Mm. And I called my insurance and I said, why did I get declined? I have read every single thing of your bylaw. You are, you cover transgender services. Your insurance covers this. I know it. And they said that the company... This is the really sad part. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so um, I was getting my insurance from my stepmom. And my stepmom was working for a company that had Republican roots. And when they cho- set up their insurance plan for all of their employees, they unchecked the box for top surgery of transgender individuals. You could get a double mastectomy as a cis woman but you could not get a double mastectomy as a trans person. And that insurance company, they totally covered it. It was just the Republican company that my stepmom worked for. Oh my God. So my top surgery um, would be $11,000 without insurance. Mm. And so um, some beautiful things happened. We did a bit of group fundraising, got about $2,000 from just the community which is amazing. My dad contributed $2,000. Oh, wow. And my mom, who's, her mom died. My mom's mom died. And um, her mom left her a sum of money, and she had been using it throughout her life for important things. And she used it to help get her education and her master's degree in therapy. And she had about $8,000 remainder, and she had been saving it. And I told her I was getting top surgery and she, my mom's huge supporter, went through everything and she looked at me and she said, I'm, I'm going to pay $8,000 of that top surgery. I said, mom, no, you're not, you're not, (laughs) you're not doing that. And she said, I have been saving this money for something that is worth it. And this is worth it. And so with all of that, we got the $11,000 and I didn't have to go too crazy into debt. And we um, set the date for like four months later. Wow. My mom scheduled a plane 
ride for because she was in Philadelphia. And um, then I went and got my surgery and she took care of me for two weeks. And then my dad and my stepmom came and took care of me for a week. And then I was better and didn't have breasts anymore. So. And what was that like? <laughs> it was pretty crazy. <laughs> uh, I like to tell the story that, so um, I woke up, uh, so like before, um, okay. I like to tell the story where I'm uh, about to, I'm in the hospital and we're waiting and I'm super anxious and my mom's like trying to convey to all the surgeons that she really loves me and that they should be careful, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I say goodbye to my mom and my um, my girlfriend, soon to be fiance, and, um, and we're crying and I tell them of how anxious I am and they guide me through everything and I fall asleep and I wake up and there's a nurse right next to me and I look over and I say, are they gone? <laughs> Referring to my boobs. <laughs> and she's like, oh yeah. We got them. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> we got them. Mission accomplished. We got them. And then, uh, yeah, so um, I think that it, uh, some things that, uh, there were so many beautiful things. The first time we took the um, bandages off, my mom looked down and she goes, Cassie already looks so good. <laughs> I was like, thanks, mom. Thank you. <laughs> Um, and then when I had like nipple guards and when the nipples got taken off, the nipple guards got taken off, the nipples look good. And that, you know, there was some really good moments. Some things that some people don't talk about, which I like to talk about is that when, after you have chop surgery, you have this like really pressing, because you just had trauma to your chest, right? Yeah, of course. So when you take off that bandage... A lot of people think you're like, oh, wow, that must have been such a relief. And I was like, actually, it hurt a lot. Like, it was yeah. it was really painful and scary. And it felt like I was going to have a panic attack. And then you're scared because you're like, what if I'm going to regret it? Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. But um, I had my mom and I would talk to her and I'd be like, I feel really anxious right now. And she's like, that's okay. Yeah. I'll be like, thanks, mom. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay to be anxious. It's so wonderful. Yeah. So with... All of this done, and now you're in you're in the journey for the rest of your life. For the people listening right now who are just starting, they're yes. just starting to realize who they are. What would be the first bit of advice you would give to them, as far as what is their first steps? First of all, congratulations, because <laughs> this is so exciting. Mm-hmm. A journey like this, it's going to be hard at times, but it's going to be the most wonderful, amazing journey of your entire life. And I am so proud of you. And everyone around you is going, hopefully, supporting you. And if not, then I support you. So first of all, great. Second of all, I would suggest writing down what you want and taking a lot of time to Picture your future self. Just picture it. I thought of myself as a person with a flat chest, standing in front of a mirror, holding a samurai sword, with short hair and a hair underneath my arms, and my voice kind of deep sometimes. (laughs) And I was fucking badass that I would still be dating women, but I wouldn't be called a lesbian, and that's who I wanted to be. And then I just researched how to get there. And I first step, that's what I think you should do. And really test out, really test out all the pronouns, all the names. Go for the classic trans names of Aiden and uh, Ash. Those are great trans names. Mm-hmm. Test them out. See how they fit. 
Go for other things. Be weird. Be Casper the Friendly Ghost, which is what I decided to go with. <laughs> um, and talk to your doctors. Go to, if you have an LGBT center, go to the LGBT center because they will have all the services that I just talked about all in one. And if you're looking to change your name, research the Name Change Project, which is where lawyers do pro bono work for people in certain cities. So I changed my name through the Name Change Project. Uh, these two lawyers gave up all their time and they filed uh, for my name change and we went through the whole process and I went to court with them and I didn't have to pay them anything through this thing. That's incredible. Through this organization. That's phenomenal, yeah. Is there a link that we can put in the... Yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. a link below. Yeah, so there'll be a link below. Um, the Name Change Project is just amazing. It takes some time, so um, just be patient, but know that it's worth it because changing your name, it costs already money, and it it's so much easier if you have people on your side. Um, and find that person that's going to support you. Uh, I had the wonderful of having my mom and my dad and my stepmom and my brother and you know I told them that I was going to chop off my breasts and they were oddly cool with it <laughs> find someone that's going to be really cool with it and that way you can have that because if you get top surgery you're going to be worried about your nipples falling off and you need to talk to somebody about your nipples not falling <laughs> off let me tell you and they need to be cool about talking about your <laughs> nipples falling off if, uh, if my partner was here right now, she'd be like, you would not underestimate how many stories of your nipples falling off we had to go through. <laughs> Cass, thank you so much for sharing with all of us. This was an awesome journey with you. And hopefully we can maybe have another episode to talk more in depth. I yes. love you guys. This is so much fun. And we, we love, love you, you too. Oh my God, yes. As for us, follow us on Instagram at Hey Who Podcast. Like our Facebook page. Subscribe to the subreddit. If you want to support us directly, visit our Patreon or if you want to send us something directly, go ahead and email mailbag at howareyouholdingup.com. Cass, where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram at CassMiko7, I think. If you click on them and it says cat lover, binary, trans, all that thing, <laughs> it's me. There'll be a link in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. And as always, don't, don't tell us to just get over it. it.